Do you suffer from mom guilt, stress, and lack of productivity? In this episode, we tackle the age-old problem of work-life balance. Women are so inspiring. With only 24 hours in their day, they still try to do it all. And is it possible to do so? Well, with balancing children, the workforce, and also your personal well-being, it is definitely a challenge to do it. In this episode, we interview an expert in the topic, Dr. Marlis Hubner, who is going to show us that definitely it is possible to implement strategies that will work for you to be more efficient and happier in both your family and your career. again everybody to another episode of Sleep Well Around the World. Today we're very happy to have with us Dr. Marlis Hubner and she has a PhD in life sciences from the University of Cambridge, a Fortune 50 leader, a coach and mentor to hundreds of successful career women and business owners around the world. She is a certified life coach and rapid manifestation method practitioner. Marlis is also the founder of the Rapid Anger Relief System for Moms, the Back to Work Corporate Program, the Rapid Emotional Leadership Framework, and the Craft One Life System. Dr. Marlis is an international best-selling author of The One Thing That Changed Everything. She now lives in Germany, Frankfurt, with her husband, two children, two cats, and a whole bunch of fishes and her family dog. What a wonderful life you have here in Germany, <laughs> Dr. Marlis. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, nice to have you. We were chatting just a while ago, and uh, apparently Dr. Marlis has lived in different countries, such as Japan, uh, United Kingdom, and now she's in Germany. How do you find the lifestyle in Germany? Well, I'm all about wanting to know the top secrets for living well and, of course, sleeping well. Can you tell me a little bit about your environment there, Dr. Marlis, and how it affects your lifestyle and your well-being? So living in Germany is actually, I, I think it's, it's a very high standard of uh, life that you, that you can uh, achieve. But, you know, given I've lived in so many different countries, you do actually compare and you kind of, you want to take the best out of, um, of all these places. So I do think there is, um, compared to the U.S., for example, I do feel it's way easier and more convenient to live in the U.S., Versus, uh, versus Germany. I mean, Germany is amazing when it comes to structures and um, just very neatly organized country, I want to say, right? There's very clear systems that you can operate in. But at the same time, um, you know, some of these systems, especially as a working mom, end up just causing a lot of emotional distress. So, for example, there's still this this perception that if you're a working mom, you're like, we have this term in Germany called raven mom. So mm -hmm. um, it's almost like you're betraying your children. You know, it's, uh, you cannot be a good mom if you, if you are working and if you're spending all this time away from your children, which to me, quite frankly, so I'm in, in I'm, I just turned 40 and I would not say that's the way I've been raised and that's the way I grew up. My parents always used to work and and have definitely encouraged um, me to do the same. And I felt like the women I grew up with, 
it was very similar. But when, when you then find yourself in the reality of, you know, having to juggle work and children and, you know, your children's schedules and keep trying to be, you know, keep up with a happy marriage and keep that going as well, it just becomes very tough because we are not equipped. And what I mean by we're not equipped, we're in particularly not equipped from an emotional and mindset perspective because no one teaches you how to do it. That's so right. I didn't even know that they had that in uh, Germany. Yeah, I've only visited a few times, but yeah, you have to really, uh, I guess, be there, live there to find out about that culture. But I'm curious when you talk about Raven Mom, uh, it can be a typical problem of society that you get boxed up in, in either as a Raven Mom or a nurturing mom, if you're a stay-at-home mom. It's just that age-old argument of what is working best for your children. But can you explain how we can find uh, our, well, our maximum and optimal happiness and fulfillment as a mother without having to be boxed up into saying you're a raven mom? What do you think, Dr. Marlis? So for me, you know, happiness is all about a state of being in a state of mind, right? You can't, I personally truly believe you can't find the happiness in the doing. Happiness is something we find in the being. But again, I don't think that's the way we've been conditioned, especially as women. I feel society has conditioned us, you know, to, to be perfect, right? Uh, they've conditioned us to be the nurturer, to be the caretaker. We've been conditioned to do it all. And quite frankly, while we do, all these things, we abandon ourselves. We completely put ourselves on the back burner. And this whole idea of putting yourself first, we kind of get it, you know, with the oxygen mask that they, when, when you're in the plane and they tell you, no, you put on the oxygen mask first on, your, on yourself, and then you can help your child. Like cognitively, we kind of get it, but we don't know how to do it. And there's a lot of negative, connotations around putting yourself first because it feels selfish, it feels arrogant, and that's not, if you think about it, how the women's role has been traditionally defined. But it is in that part of learning to put yourself first and really learning to love yourself exactly for where you're at, where your key to, to, to happiness really, really finds. And then, I mean, there's tons of, of of you know theories and how you can do it but I think at the core of it is you can't find it in the external world it's something you need to find within yourself and I I do believe we're all doing it the wrong way around we're all saying you know if I get the the next promotion or if uh, I have more money here or if you know my husband was doing this or if my child just behaved so much better then I can be finally happy and that's kind of the paradigm we all live in. And that's a cycle we need to learn to break because if, if you think your happiness depends, happiness depends on all these things and how people behave around you, it's not going to happen to you. So we need to flip it. And it's almost like um, you have to find that in yourself first and then all the other things will fall into place. I totally love that. And uh, thank you very much because uh, it helps us to be able to find a very great explanation instead of always searching for external validation or being defensive 
or even argumentative or confrontational about this issue, which always seems to come up for mothers a lot of the time. Yeah, we can just absolutely. talk about our own personal fulfillment and joy. You're so right about that. I love how you have your scientific background, merging it with your lifestyle coaching of mothers. Can you tell me how you're able to help women adjust their emotional blueprint so that they can have success? You know, we women, we tend to be very emotional, but at the same time, we have that ambitious streak in us. How do we find that great balance? And you know, it is so great that we women are emotional. I keep saying that. It's like we put emotions as like our greatest weakness because we haven't learned how to deal with them. And what I actually do is that's one of the things I exactly flip around. I'm like, no, your emotions are actually your greatest weapon. You just haven't, don't know yet how to use it. So my coaching is really rooted in scientific principles. You know, emotions are nothing else than energy in, 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 in emotion, in mo energy in motion, apologies. Um, you know, they're actually neutral. They're very neutral. And it is our thoughts that give the emotion a positive or a negative meaning. And scientists can actually measure that. You can measure the frequency behind emotions. And what we, because every emotion and every thought is associated to its own thought frequency. So for example, if like the lowest of the lowest emotions you can feel, and women feel this all the time, is shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And, they, and they, they operate at a frequency of about 20 to 30 Hertz. Whereas if you operate at uh, an emotional state of peace and love, which is about five to 600 Hertz, which is like 25 times higher, you can tackle challenges in a completely different way. So everything that, that vibrates below 200 is considered destructive. You're, this is where, we're like, where we are in a victim mentality. This is where we give a lot of the power away to other people. And we, we allow circumstances, we allow other people to, to, to rule us almost like, right? To, to make, it's like, this is, these are the, the, this is where we're in a mindset of, well, I can't just do, I can't do that, you know, because it's always been like that or something rather. Whereas if you operate at above 200, you get into a creative state of mind. You know, these people are healthier. They have a whole different um, pattern and profile of neurotransmitters that they're releasing inside of their body. And so really, really um, how you adjust your emotional blueprint is by first accepting and understanding that you create your own reality. And that that reality is being created by your thoughts and your emotions. And it's just about really, this is your software. That's what I like to say. It's, it's about understanding how you operate as a human. You know, most of us think that's just who I am and I can't change it, you know? And it's, it's like we, we, we take our emotions and our thoughts as our 100% truths. But when you understand, no, 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 these are actually just patterns that you have gathered over the years and these patterns are stored as energy in your body then you can start releasing them and that's where i that's where i go into you know all these things of i feel insecure and i can't do that and i'm guilty and these are just it's energy trapped energy inside of your body that you can release and when you release it then you then you can reframe and you can literally recode your emotional blueprint and, and go after the things that you want and understand it doesn't matter what bucket somebody puts you in. It's not, that's not out of your business. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where you like become immune 
to like the criticism from the outside world and you become so strong from within. It's just, it's just truly amazing because this is then when you realize my voice, my opinion about myself is actually the most important one. And that's the one I should be listening to. I love that advice. And we always need a reminder of that. You know how I wish <laughs> that you could come up with this uh, kind of a neurotransmitter app that will shock us <laughs> women into that 200 hertz state of mind. Because, um, you know, honestly, we always, we always try our best, but somehow we're stuck yeah. and always, or going back, regressing into that guilt mode instead of what you mentioned about the peace and love mode. I needed to ask your opinion now because I know one of your mottos is love like a mom and lead like a queen. We always wanna be at that 200 Hertz level you mentioned, but our emotions hold us back for some reason. How can we remind ourselves to live and lead like a queen? So really, really, it, it starts with, first of all, gathering awareness about your emotions. You know, all of us have been, again, conditioned to ignore our emotions. We're like so good in ignoring our emotions. We're so good in shuffing our emotions down and suppressing them, especially the ones we don't like. And what most of us don't, don't understand is they're not gone. They're still there. And they run the show in your background. Like your emotions are like, they have executive power over you basically. And, and, and it's about really learning to release them. So what I use is tapping, for example, um, um, a very, like my own kind of developed way of the EFT, it's called emotional freedom technique tapping because you constantly release, which means you, keep, you constantly keep your energy levels high. And when you do that, this is where, where my motto of love like a mom come, comes in. You know, a mom, if you think about a mom and a ba her baby, she loves this baby unconditionally, right? The baby doesn't have to prove its worthiness. It doesn't have to prove anything. You just love the baby for the human being it is. And that's what we want to get back to. It's like, can I love myself for the human that I am? Can I love myself? for, you know, also when I'm not doing so well, because that's the key. It's easy to love ourselves, you know, when we hit like the next promotion or when we've been successful, but can you love yourself when, when you maybe don't have a good day? Because that's where you find your strengths. That's where you find your power. And it's about going back to that unconditional love and understanding as a human being, you're going to mess up. It's part of it. Like, it's not about being happy all the time. That'd be unrealistic, right? And then the lead like a queen, it's, it, go, it goes back again to the self-leadership principles, right? It's really learn to lead yourself first using your emotions and your thoughts um, as the key tools that you have. And also understanding how are you being led by others all, all the time? Let me just give you like to make, to make it a bit more pragmatic and I'll, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So there... Um, there's a client of mine, she works in a male dominating environment. And so she, whenever she feels she needs to get an alignment from her male management, she basically changes the way she dresses. She shows up in black, she shows up sleek, she deepens her voice. She like, you know, brings out her breath. Like she changes completely and basically adapts to this male style. So, so she will be valued so she will be hurt so she can get her points across and 
Um, whereas really what her true personality is, you know, she comes from the Orient, she loves colorful, bright mm -hmm. business attires, and she's not wearing them. And so he, here, is, here is, why this is an issue? The issue is if she changes and dresses in black, she's basically saying to these men, you're right. You are co-creating the mess you are inside. You are co-creating and adding and contributing to that culture that you actually despise and that you don't like. And that is not self-leadership. You are allowing these men to lead over yourself. You're basically not seeing a different way out. You're saying, yeah, but they won't hear me. So I have to do this. No, it's you have to start saying, I own who I am. I love my bright, colorful style and this is who I am. And because I love myself so deeply and I accept myself so much, I will have an impact because there is no other way. That's what you radiate when you really, really, truly own who you are, you will create the impact that you want. And that's part of like, can you lead yourself, even though your circumstances on the first glance might re request something else from you? That is so empowering. Is it possible, though, to achieve both? that it's possible to love ourselves and be our authentic self. For example, when going for a job interview or for when asking for a promotion, can we do that, but at the same time, make that flexible and adaptable adjustment so that we can also find success with the other person? Yeah, for me, loving, you know, when you learn to love yourself first, you will be the, your authentic self right? That kind of goes, goes hand in hand in hand. And it's, it's about understanding where am I abandoning part of my identity in order to fit in versus where am I happy to like collaborate and co-create, right? Those are two different, it, there's two different things. You should never, in my opinion, feel like you have to change your identity and give up a part of you in order to be successful. Because then quite honestly, you're in, you might be in the wrong place. Then that might not be, then you might have to go and find something else. And that's okay. That could be a part of the consequence, right? But I truly believe is what happens is when you start to get to know you, you develop su such a level of compassion, not just for yourself, you actually start developing compassion for other people. And you also understand where these other people are coming from. It's not about blaming and shaming, you know, like that's the way they have been raised. That's their preset of conditioning that has been given to them. And so when you understand that, you can learn to navigate that and you can, can create win-win situations for both. It's like, hey, I hear you. I understand where you're coming from. And here is how, how I am coming from. And you just have an open, open mutual conver conversation. And the outcome can be win-win, but the outcome can also be that you agree to disagree. And that's fine too. I totally love that. Uh, that is um, a big eye-opener, especially we know that uh, we don't need to change at all, but we can also allow ourselves to co-create and collaborate. That's an amazing piece of advice that uh, definitely a lot of our listeners are going to benefit from in uh, many situations in the future. 
I just want to ask a personal question now. Um, I'm seeing your beautiful view in the background in Germany. You have a lovely place, lovely life with your kids and your pets. Can you share with us? But at the same time, I know you're very busy with your coaching as well and your professional life. Can you give us a little insight, Dr. Marlis? What is a day in your life like? And maybe you can include as well how you like to wind down with a nighttime routine that helps you relax after a stressful day. Absolutely. So... So actually today is not a very typical day because we're on summer vacation. But if I, if I think about a day where my kids go to school, school, uh, so both my husband and I were working full-time. We both hold senior leadership positions in, in corporate. And so we both do a fair share of, you know, managing homes and managing our, our careers. So I typically get up in the morning before everybody else, because what is really holy for me is the 30 minutes of my day where I'm all by myself. This is really my time where I sit with my coffee. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes, you know, I go through like the tappings. I'm not so much into meditation. If I do meditation, it's very short and quick. It's more like creative meditation. But it's, it's the, the, the important message here is I do have 30 minutes for myself where I really just go inwards and spend time with myself. And then um, I typically go straight into work. So I start working because my husband takes care of the kids in the morning. I have an early start and I have an early finish. Um, and then um, in the afternoon, you know, there's kids activities. You have to drive them somewhere. You go and do something. I do have my coaching calls, my private coaching calls in the, in the late after, afternoons. And then um, really, really, when it comes to wind down, one of, so I don't watch TV at all. I canceled that completely out of my life. I, I found that was one of my biggest happiness boosters, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, so whenever my kids, so my kids get ready around 9 p.m. And we started to get ready with them. So we have like this fun time in the bathroom together pretty much. And then we wind down, you know, was reading a book. My son is 12. He doesn't really need us anymore to put him to bed, right? But my daughter is eight. So there's a lot of time there. And then... Um, what I do before I go to bed is I have like five minutes in silence again. So, mm -hmm. and I do actually have these spells. I literally have reminders on my phone where even during lunchtime, I have like a 15 minute kind of wind down reflection. I do. So it's like three breaks. I want to, I want to say that I implement during the day because I'm pretty sure I am a workaholic. Um, and that's absolutely okay. I love, like, I love working, but, and it doesn't feel stressful to me. So honestly, I don't remember when I felt stressed, like I'm super busy, but because I know how to clear, like, I know what, what if you think about what is stress, stress is defined as, you know, an emotional tension or a mental strain. And again, if you know how to manage and if you, and, and actually I don't want to say manage because I think the way we manage our emotions is wrong, but if you know how to clear these things that are filling up your bucket, then you know how to do it. Because if you think about it, we're like an emotion. I like to say, um, you're, we're a garbage bag and that's filled with emotions and emotions from all the years and all the days you've, you've lived. And what we do is we just keep stuffing them into this garbage bag. You know, and then people come and they're like, hey, let's do some positive thinking and let's do some meditation. And I always say, yeah, that's great. That's like you're spraying perfume over that garbage and it's going to smell <laughs> good for a little while, but at some point it's going to come out, you know? Mm -hmm. And if we're not aware of all these emotional garbage that we're carrying with us, we're going to project it on other people. 
And this is where we then like start fighting and we say, well, you did this and he's that, blah, 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 blah. You know, we projected on others, but we really have to understand it's, it's, nobody can make you feel anything. It's always your choice. It's always your choice. And so if you understand that concept, stress literally doesn't exist. Because again, wh whatever happens to you, you can, it's like you can emotionally disconnect that response and, um, and recalibrate and then choose how to, to respond to a certain situation, whether it's, you know, no, regardless of how stressful uh, it is. And so, yes, but you need to have preventative measures to spend time with you, basically, in silence. I, I totally love that, that uh, we can already uh, be acutely aware of potential stress triggers, and we can already prevent it from occurring and knowing ourselves and, uh, of course, our work ethic and our schedule so we can avoid it. But I'd like to ask, sometimes stress can also come from external or uncontrollable factors. So when suddenly stress hits us unexpectedly, how do we now respond to it or uh, what is the best way to respond to it? So, so here is the thing. So you have an external stimuli. There's basically at the very top level, here is what happens. Your, your prefrontal cortex, like your brain basically goes, okay, is this good or is this bad information that is hitting me, right? At the very top level, that's like the differentiation that we do. That we do. Now, what do we do is if it is a stressful situation, we're probably gonna go down into, okay, oh, this is bad news. And so what happens in your brain is you go down the negative spiral you go down the negative trajectory and you go down into like, oh my God, this is so bad. And this is going to, and you know, I can never be, I can never win. I can never like get this. Da, 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 da. And we're like, before we even know it, we're like down that trajectory. Right. Or you could, you could literally say, well, you know, this is good information. And then you're kind of going down the good trajectory or there's a third option. And this is what takes practice is you just literally say, whatever is hitting me is a piece of data. It's neutral. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of data. That's it. And then you can get, go down a completely different path, which is all about, okay, so if this data is actually neutral, what, um, you know, I can start asking questions. I can start becoming open to it. What is really happening here? Right. And it gives you a whole different way of responding because let me give you let me give you an example. If you were a victim of a crime mm -hmm. or you had a friend who's a victim of a crime, what you wouldn't go and tell her, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is like so bad. This is so terrible. Like you need to be depressed for the rest of your life. You would never do that, right? You would help her to get out of it. You would help her to like see it from a different angle. And so that's exactly what we can do when we're in a neutral state, we become open, yes. Even like, even if you, if you said to me, you know, you really underperformed, like your performance was like super low the last year. I can, I can choose to see it as neutral data. And I, but if I go down the, the negative trajectory, I'm probably going to go down like, oh, and this is so unfair and she didn't like me at all anyway. And I tried so hard and she didn't see that. So yes, maybe it's mean what you said to me. And I do, I do feel that. But I can, if I let that take over, 
how how do you think it's going to behave it's going to influence my behavior in in the future it's not so i need to we need to learn to clear that and even if we get bad news we can look at it as a neutral piece of information and then because when we do that we can go off in a completely different direction that is absolutely powerful and uh, something that we really need to completely apply when uh, things don't necessarily go our way. I love that. Thank you for that great piece of advice. Now there's something that has always piqued mine and I'm sure a lot of the audience's curiosity, especially uh, nowadays, women want to have it all. We're, we're always wanting to feel empowered. So whether for the stay-at-home moms, or whether for those moms who work full-time. First of all, I want to ask you, do you believe the fact that it's possible to actually have it all? And how do you define what it means for a woman or a mother to have it all? I 100% it is my birthright to have it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <To be> honest- <laughs> love it. <laughs> Oh, because like, what, what does it mean? I think, you know, I can't remember when this term was coined. I want to say like in the eighties and back then it was about, you can have a career and you can have a family. But if you think about it, isn't that part of the human experience? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I want? I want love. I want to find, you know, the love of my life. I want to be, um, you know, well, whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter, but I want to have, like, we want to have a partner, you know? And then some people want to have kids and we want, we want to have like a, a professional fulfillment. I don't think there is like, honestly, something special about it. I think everybody wants to have that. Maybe not the kid part. Not everybody wants to have kids, but all of us are looking for love. All of us are looking for, you know, purpose and accomplishment. And um, that's why, honestly, I think it is absolutely our, our birthright to, to have that. And yes, I do think it is 100% possible but we have to let go of these old conditioned paradigms that tell us, well, you know, in order to be a fantastic mom, this is the boxes you need to tick. And in order to be a successful professional, these are the boxes you need to tick. No, you need to define that for yourself. You need to figure that out for yourself because otherwise you're going to be a marionette that is being, you know, kind of, um, that uh, like shoved around all, all, all over the place. And so for me, it's about, I have one model, which is about, you have to be it before you see it. And again, it goes to, if I'm thinking, so the classical tension that my clients have is long working hours, for example, right? And so there's, this, especially in corporations, there's working cultures. And if your working cultures is long working hours, we, without even realizing, we fall for that pattern. And so again, if, if your boss sends you an email at 10 p.m. and you reply to it, you co-create that situation. And so what, what we have to learn is who do I need to be, even if there's no role model around, to make this work for me, to make this work for me. And you need to define that. And that the way we do that is you need to know who you are right? Know who you are, move from being externally controlled to really being self-directed 
And then the biggest quality you can learn as a human being is your self-esteem, to build your self-esteem all the time, all the time. That's great. Okay, but I just wanted to ask something regarding, but yeah, I love it. But I'm just thinking maybe one or two members of the audience may be asking, oh, I love what you said, Dr. Marlis. I am a single mother. I have four kids. For example, they say, I have four kids. I wish there were 25 or 27 hours a day. I don't even have time to brush my own hair or to sit down for even five minutes to have that introspective time to think about how I can juggle my time well. And that happens. I actually know of a mother, a client who fits that bill. What do you say to those ones, Dr. Marlis? <laughs> those extreme ones who's like, I don't have time for it. I can't even breathe. I can't even brush my hair. Somebody actually told me that she didn't even have time to brush her hair. What do we say to those ones, Dr. Marlis? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, like stop telling yourself you don't have time because again, what you, who you are manifests. And if you are constantly running against time, and if you truly believe you don't have time, that's what's going to happen. You literally won't have, you won't have any time. Now, the other thing is a big, big barrier for women is to really go and ask for support again, because if you think about the traditional role, we are the supporters, we are the nurturers and going and asking for support it's almost like we have to admit to ourselves, we failed. And if, yeah, absolutely. If you are a single woman and even like not, even not as a single woman, I, I have, a, I have a support network, right? They say it takes a village to raise children. And so um, that's what we, we need to, we need to go in and, and ask for that support and find that support, whether that is family or whether that is paid support, there is always an option to, to go and get that. Wow. This is why a lot of women need to listen and consult <laughs> with the wonderful Dr. Marlis. Thank you so much. Uh, we learned a wealth of information from you, Dr. Marlis. We're so blessed to have you with us today. As always, uh, we I've learned so, so much and rich with great information. And I love to always end each episode with the top three tips that we've learned. Uh, strategies that can help us to sleep well and to live our life to the fullest. So there's too many things to mention, but I have to have a top three. Uh, I can say the first one we learned from Dr. Marlis, we need to love ourselves. We can definitely see, sleep soundly, sleep peacefully, sleep sa safely if we learn to be authentic and true to ourselves. We learned that today from you, Dr. Marlis. Thank you. Secondly, we learned we need to cancel out some unnecessary factor in life. For Dr. Marlis, it's television. And I can totally relate. I, I don't know when is the last time I've turned on television. Years and years, almost a decade. So we need to identify something in our life that we totally don't need. That's just causing additional time wasters for us. And find it and cancel it with discipline. Thirdly, one of my favorites is control your mindset. Be neutral about stressful things that happen to you. And also be mindful of what we say to ourselves. If we say to ourselves, we can't do it, I can't handle it, I don't have time, then that is the world we're going to find ourselves living in day in, day out. But Dr. Marlis today empowered us that we can ask for help, we can delegate, 
and change our mindset to have more control of our situation. We need you in our lives, Dr. Marlis, <laughs> especially working moms like me. Thank you so much for giving us your time and wonderful pieces of advice. Uh, how can the listeners find you? Because I'm sure they would want to know more and even ask for your coaching help as well. So you can definitely find me on all major social media channels like Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. But the best place to go is just go to my website, marlisudner.com and you know, write us an email, reach out to us. We have so many different uh, coaching programs at all different price points. And it, I really prefer to have a consultation conversation first to make sure we give you um, what fits best for you. Well, if this conversation is any indication of the value they're gonna get, it's gonna be amazing for them to consult you. So thank you so, so much again. I hope you enjoy the rest of your summer break. Enjoy that fabulous environment you are in now. <laughs> thank you so I much. I am so jealous. <laughs> enjoy with your kids and your family. And uh, you. let's chat next time again. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much too.